Our world is dying, politicians are lying, and just when you feel like crying, sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves. Hello there, I'm Evie. I'm Claudia. And we are your hosts of the Poodcast. This is going to be a podcast where we basically just tell stories about um, people pooing themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. We've all got a poo story, Claudia. We all do. Because we all have a poo story, in a way, I think we've all pooed with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, there's that common thread there. You know, there's something for everyone. Um, This podcast is also going to, focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel conditions and you know bowel diseases such as um, IBS, IBD, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease and um, many many more like the (laughs) the worst festival lineup. (laughs) Uh, So we, we particularly wanted to release this podcast because we felt that these conditions in general are not only very prevalent uh, and prevalent in women but they're more difficult for women to talk about a lot of the time because I think that there's more sort of societal embarrassment around women going to the toilet and um, certainly more so than, than men and we just wanted to to offer some relief there and you know get people talking about pooing and this week our focus is going to be on IBS. So Claudia you have IBS uh, so to kick things off how is your bum and how is your tum? Well, I mean, what a question. <laughs> um, I feel like my, my tum and bum have definitely been better. They've definitely seen, seen better days. But I think with, with the stress of lockdown, my tummy's been a bit stressed as well. That's usually where I feel my stress. And then with the joy of lockdown, with takeaways and cooking and trying lots of new foods, my bum's been a bit bit stressed and so pseudocrem has been my one and only friend that has really helped me through this time (laughs) in pseudocreming your bottom yeah a little bit just it just helps it just gives you that little bit of little bit of relief that you need after a takeaway that you shouldn't have gotten that third time so just to give the the listeners a bit of context we are currently in we're not in um stricter lockdown as we were but we are currently not allowed to go into other people's homes we know in the park but that's pretty much it um yeah you can't go out out but you can go out yeah it's the way that i'm thinking of it do you miss going out out I want to say I do because I'm a fun, funky young lady. Yeah. But I, I, I don't love current music. It's not what, what I dance to. So when I go to the clubs, there's no fucking words, Evie. I can't dance to music with no words. And so I don't enjoy going out, out as much as I used to. I've got a lot of problems with what you've just said. One of them <laughs> I don't like current music. I mean, what, yes. what's that? It's all too beats for me. I, I just want... What's wrong with beats? I want a melody. I want somebody to talk, talk to me while they're singing, not just an oomph and an oomph. I miss Avril Lavigne, all right? That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, do you know what I feel? I was about to say, is Avril Lavigne not current? <laughs> no, she's not. This is, what, this is the thing. She's not. She's gone. Although, didn't people say she was dead? And that was like a theory. She's just Canadian, isn't she? She's just so complicated. (laughs) Oh, God. 
permission to discuss condition. Claudia, you've got IBS. Um, yes. Could you just explain to the listeners what IBS is? Absolutely. Um, so IBS is irritable bowel syndrome, which is actually fairly common, um, particularly uh, in women. You're twice as likely to get it if you are a woman. Um, it's a disorder that affects the large intestine and your digestive system. It's usually a lifelong problem. They don't really have a, a cure for it, which is the bee's knees. Um, and the exact um, cause of it is, is still unknown. So it can be because you are prone to stress and you feel that stress in your gut. It can be something that's genetic. It could be that you have a very oversensitive gut and so you can't um, digest everything properly or quickly. Um, sometimes it, you know, it comes out in people if they eat too fast or they're eating the wrong things in their diet and that's when they realize that they have symptoms of IBS. It can be very, very manageable. Like I... I don't have a day-to-day -day problem with it, um, but for some people it can completely upturn their life and have to change their diet and, and the way they kind of go about their day-to-day -day life. I have been diagnosed with, I'd say maybe a mild form of IBS compared to other diagnoses. I actually know people that have been diagnosed with IBS and theirs is a lot more, I guess would say vicious than, than mine. And is stress something that, that could um, influence your, your IBS? Definitely. I think um, often when I'm stressed, the first thing I will notice is that my stomach will either get into really bad cramps or I will bloat up to a kind of, I'd say six months pregnant kind of style, maybe, maybe five, five, six months pregnant. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, sitting in, in clothes. Unless, Jeez. I don't know, maybe you wear maternity clothes day to day. Sort of I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm more of a child's size <laughs> rather, than, rather than a mama's size. But yeah, I mean, high-waisted jeans. They're in fashion. I love them. I, I like to wear them. But Oh, so you, you do current modern clothing, just not current music? Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, you're, you're all about the Jamies from Topshop, but... Hi. Yeah, I actually love a Jamie. Although Jamie is actually quite tight. I've gone for more kind of boyfriend, the, the mum jeans, because apparently right. you have to have a boyfriend or, or a mum to wear these jeans. But I, it, they hurt the most. And I've, I've been, you know, out on an occasion where I've not been able to do up my jeans. Um, and have had to kind of just walk around and just own it. Often I find if I can get somewhere where they can uh, sell me like a, a cold can of something. So like I, I was sat outside the Globe Theatre with my friend with her icing my really bloated stomach with two pans of, uh, two cans of, sorry, I can't speak. It was so traumatic. Two <laughs> cans of orange San Pellegrino on, on my tummy, just trying to get it to like, Calm I bet down. the Pellegrino marketing team didn't envision that would be one of their products. They're fantastic. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Me and my tongue. How, how can you get out of that vicious cycle of having an IBS flare-up due to stress and then feeling stressed about your IBS? Yeah, they actually, um, the doctors kind of always advise you to have relaxation techniques. Um, so things like 
if you know sitting in the bath with a glass of gin or just you can just sit in the bath you don't have to have the gin if, if you just you told me that the prescribed for gin. <laughs> well they said what relaxes you um but yeah something like sitting in the bath um talking to your friends if, if you're like me and you kind of need to get all your emotions out with if actually what you're struggling with that day is something that is mentally stressful and then your body just seems to join in that horrible little stress party mm. actually then talking to somebody and finding out reasons how why you might be so stressed or um, things that might help you to de-stress that often helps me and then there's things like peppermint tea which are amazing for just calming down that big old bloat. They are literally like peppermint tea solves everything for me or chewing um, peppermint gum. Oh, God. Um, I am a big peppermint tea apologist. I remember you were around my house once. Oh, yeah. And you were just begging for some peppermint tea and some buscapan. And I gave you both because I had both. I think this could be a big reason as to why we're friends because we both know yes. that when we are getting quite sweaty and undoing our jeans... Mm-hmm. not a come on we both just <laughs> are having a bit of a bad time lockdown wise I mean I don't know about you but we are certainly trying to have as many different meals as possible because yes I'm getting so fucking bored of getting a plate out or a pan out cooking something in that pan washing it up only for about 45 minutes later need to start the process again and I don't fucking want to do it anymore <laughs> um so how, how has that been on, on the old, uh, the bummeister? Yeah, I mean, my boyfriend, he loves cooking, which I'm forever grateful for because I love eating. Um, but he, you know, bless him, he, he kind of ordered loads of new cookbooks during lockdown and was, he's gotten very into the barbecue lifestyle. Um, so he's trying loads of different foods, which is amazing. But for my sensitive gut, I often discover foods that just suddenly don't agree with me anymore and I just can't have them anymore. It's, it's wanting to um, have a balanced diet and to try lots of new fun foods, but also knowing that that might result in you, you know, saying, pause that Netflix show, my love. I'm just going to go upstairs. And then you don't come down for like 25 minutes. How are you covering that? I mean, do you need to cover it up? Or is, is there any kind of wanting to keep the allure you know perhaps you don't want to go and say excuse me you know I'm gonna go make a big old mess or I yes. need to have a very long time because we don't know when this is gonna stop yeah I mean we've been together a long time and we've lived together a long time so that I do feel like you know it's not in that stage when you first start dating and you're literally holding in a fart so much you might cry because you don't want them to find out that you fart because then you think they're gonna leave you I went to school with a boy who fancied a girl um, who's a year older than us and we were talking about pooing and he was like I just I just don't think Becky poos she just doesn't I just think <laughs> Becky like, don't poo I know she probably does but um but I just can't really imagine it and I really do think sometimes they actually think that we can't poo. imagine it well Why I can't think- imagine it well, I don't, yeah, I don't know why he was trying to imagine it, but I, I think he was probably trying to imagine her sort of sat on the toilet and sort of... Waiting for the unicorns to fly yeah. out. But like, you know, you do, you do get to a certain point where that kind of, that illusion is gone. But obviously you also don't want to be like, oh, excuse me, babe, I'm just going to go, you know, sit upstairs and do a massive shit. Like, you don't want to do that either, but... If you signpost it, do you say something like, going to go to the toilet and uh, I may be some time... 
like well to be honest with me if I'm having a bad flare-up it's it's pretty obvious because I've already kind of been rolling around on the floor I've had to take off my trousers I'm sweating he's already blessed and been like shall I make you a peppermint tea because like that's all he knows as to what can help me so I think I don't have to massively explain it like I'll just kind of walk up the stairs with my head like hanging low and you know I he might turn the tv up a bit yeah just to kind of yeah so sound do you ever do you have any sort of sound techniques because um I also live with with my boyfriend and and the the time spent on the toilet is a is a a point of contention because he has what I believe many men have and yes. no women have ever is something I call toilet entitlement or poo entitlement. <laughs> it doesn't matter where we are if we're in the middle of a family lunch. I mean, I don't mean he shits on the table, but you know, he'll go out away from the table, but he would like, he wouldn't be concerned at the fact that he's been missing for say 35 minutes. That wouldn't, that would not be an issue to him. And he comes back and he doesn't address it. And it's like, do you, are you joking? Oh, it's, it's, mad it's fucking madness but he has what i think is is sort of poo entitlement and this sort of um he's grown up with this this um you know privilege of being able to take as long as you want on the toilet without any you know the, the whispers i like to call it the um the gender poo gap i couldn't have put it better they myself. are just allowed to spend more time getting to know themselves in the toilet he takes empire in with him and <laughs> like we don't take empire in because then you're going to take longer and he's like, no, 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 there's no correlation between the empire and how long I'm going to spend on the toilet. I'm like, well, that's funny, that isn't it? Because whenever you, an empire isn't accessible to you, you're out, you're out in six minutes. Oh, <laughs> it's because I know what happens. He goes to the toilet. I don't know why this podcast has become about this. I'm very sorry, but no, but let's do it. He will sit on the toilet. I think he honestly just goes, okay. Oh, it's about I don't know, ten past three p.m now would be a good time to do a poo don't necessarily need one i'm gonna go and sit on the toilet and wait for it to arrive that's what it, <laughs> and it pisses me off so much and uh, although my you go <laughs> you keep slamming your boyfriend i'll wait till is i'll go after <laughs> <not finished. laughs> i think what i just find most frustrating is that he he just doesn't agree i'm like well i'm not this isn't speculative this is just a complete fact if you've taken a fire or your phone into the toilet it will take you longer you know what you're doing that and it makes me feel extremely frustrated particularly as somebody i think we'll get on in a later episode to my many toilet troubles but particularly as somebody who doesn't always have a say as to how long it's going to take me exactly i know can pretty much control how long it's going to take uh it gets me quite worked up claudia i mean maybe he's jealous maybe he thinks that it's not fair that you get to spend so much. I mean, because I, I was going to say, my boyfriend literally turned to me the, say, the other day and said, I'm just going to go upstairs to the toilet and, you know, have some respite. I.e., he was using his toilet time to have time away from me. That, that was a break that he'd been looking forward to because of lockdown, we're spending all our time together. And so now the toilet has become like this third person in our relationship, like, it's this kind of weird threesome that we didn't know we wanted, but it's kind of one of those threesomes that, you know, it's not everyone's all in. It's where one person goes and spends a lot of time with that other person. So the two people in the relationship are just watching the third person just get nasty with their people. And you're both on the outside, like, you don't want to spend any time with me. Your toilet is a mistress. She is a whore. <laughs> she is a... 
<laughs> she takes up all my time. She takes up all his time. I can hear him in there with her and he doesn't want to come sit with me and watch Tiger King. So you've got, you've got IBS. We're allowed to meet friends in the park, things like that. You can maybe get a coffee, a takeaway coffee. There are no toilets. This is not, this is not good for me. I actually, I've only met two friends um, since lockdown in a park, both separately. And both times they have had a bit of water or one of them went and got a coffee. And I was like, I can't, like I, because especially no coffee, no coffee. If there is not somewhere that I can run to a toilet in, you know, a five minute run radius, then it's just not going to happen. So I do live in fear a little bit currently with, yeah. with meetups. I, I certainly relate to that. I mean, a takeaway coffee seems so indulgent at the moment. It feels like such yeah. a treat that I just want to do it. And I actually mm-hmm. have a couple of weeks ago, I did have a latte and I'd say I've probably got about a 12 minute window between finishing the latte and, and I mean, really, really needing um, to spend a lot of time on the toilet. Did you time it well? Did you time the finishing the latte well? Do you know what? I, I didn't, but where we met is about a 12 minute walk to my house. Okay. So yes, okay. sure. 12 minutes of discomfort, but that is much better than sort of, well, some of my friends think, Oh, would you like to meet in, um, Wandsworth Common? No, I fucking wouldn't because no. an hour and a half of me either. Well, probably not actually making it all the way home probably you wouldn't make it and and there you know there are a lot of children about at the moment that could be I could get put on some kind of register and I'm not willing to take that chance um and and sort of let's go back to sort of pre-lockdown because you know hopefully by the time people listen to this podcast we'll actually be able to go into bars and restaurants and things mm-hmm. um, when when there are public toilets open how does that affect, particularly with IBS, how does that affect your, your day-to-day life? Is there always access to a public toilet? What's it like going to the toilet in a pub or trying to find a suitable public toilet? There's, I mean, there's not always access to a public toilet and, and things like, you know, train journeys. I will deliberately, you know, try and make sure that I don't eat or drink anything that could possibly set me off, um, especially with those scary train doors that people that you press and you know that the camera I'm forever terrified that someone's going to press and then they're just going to get a slow reveal like that latest series of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars where slowly they see the latest contestant. I think what's something that's hacked me off in the past is um, you know there's public toilets in cafes and restaurants where it's like toilets for customers only. Yes. That winds me up because I would like the listeners to know particularly if any of you listening have a, a bladder or a bowel condition that's not uh, legal. You cannot actually do that. I do understand that you might not want a thoroughfare of people coming in and out and using your one cubicle toilet. Want to talk more about fucking places with one cubicle toilet, by the way. When there's one door between, you know, diners and their meals and bloody your bum, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, if you are being refused, however, and you do have a bladder uh, or bowel condition... I'd just like to, to put a little notice in here that you can apply online for a just can't wait card. It's something I have. Claudia, do you have a just can't wait card? No, what's a just can't wait card? It's something that you can produce. It's a small card, which is carried around with you. It's the same size as like a credit card or whatever. Um, and you can show it at the front of queues, at, um, you know, 
when women's toilet queues at the theatre when that was a thing were just ridiculously long or um, in in restaurants if there's a big queue you can actually go to the front and produce it and and say to other members of the public I'm ever so sorry would you mind if I go in front of you here's my just can't wait card and that in itself I suppose is a bit a bit difficult because sometimes that even that within in itself can be embarrassing to kind of whip out (laughs) look at me and my my problem anus let me in it means that you're also eligible then to use staff toilet so you can show it to a member of staff and they can they can let you through um so the just can't wait card is something which you can uh, if you if you just google it it's from the bladder and bowel community and you, all you have to do is put in your name your age and what condition that you've been diagnosed with so if you've got um i'm intolerant to gluten borderline celiac disease or ibs whatever the condition may be you just put that in put in your address and they send it to you free of charge um and that's something you can carry around with you and that is particularly helpful for those um sort of snarky little signs saying this toilet is for customers only you've got to spend seven pounds 80 on one coffee before you can piss yourself sweetheart your choices are either let me in and use your toilet or i'm going to shit on your porch they're your two options Ah. and it's not a hate crime it's just something that's necessary it's not a hate crime it's a body it's a crime against nature not letting you in crime against my blood bowel um day-to-day claudia with the the ibs and and the public toilets does it prevent do you have to think ahead about what kind of event you might go to you know you're talking about trains and eating on the train if somebody said to you would you like to come and visit me in edinburgh uh claudia and i both live in london would you think oh well i'm not going to do that because i can't go to the toilet Do, do you ever have to plan events around your bowels basically I go through um, kind of stages of flare-ups. Like it, it could be that just, you know, one month, whether it's um, a particularly stressful month or I don't know, just something has disagreed with me earlier in the month and then my whole kind of gut is is quite sensitive for like a, for like a little while afterwards. Um, so it's kind of, I have to be in tune with myself and, and know. Um, so there, you know, there'll be times that if somebody said, get on a you know a four hour train and it wouldn't really concern me and other times I'd be like I need to plan this I need to work out also I mean for me more probably because um, a massive uh, symptom of mine is bloating it's probably far more about what I'm wearing than Mm. than what I'm eating because if I have access to a nice peppermint tea um, then I should be able to, within kind of an hour or two, slowly calm myself down. But if I'm wearing like really tight, high-waisted jeans, I'm just going to be screwed and really, really uncomfortable and probably in quite a bit of pain for that time. So for me, it's it's more about that side of comfort rather than what I'm eating. I, I have a list of things that I know I can't eat and it is typically food that takes a while to digest because um, it just sits in me and that's what causes the cramps. So as long as I'm sensible, like I know that I shouldn't be having a lot of coffee. Um, but, you know, sometimes somebody invites you and you just think, OK, like I do actually have one friend that I'll go, I'll have a mocha, please. And she'll look at me like, no, you won't. But do you remember when I bought you profiteroles? I think it, I can't remember. Oh Evie, was it God. your birthday or something? Oh. And I showed up with profiteroles and I completely forgotten that you can't eat them. You just fucking ate them anyway. And you were so unwell. You oh. were so unwell. And I let you eat them. Well, so I wanted you to have them. Well, it's not only did you let me eat them, you actually brought them around. <laughs> so something like that is, you just start to feel so resentful. You're like, well, other yeah. people eat these. I want to. I mean, those profiteroles, I actually remember. I closed my eyes. and You ate- did. I've got a video of you eating your first bite and you oh, really? just look so like 
so sensual. Loads of our friends have seem to have bowel conditions and IBS and, and, and various upsets. And I'm sure that lots of people will relate to, to the bloating aspect, particularly a lot of the time women's clothing is just so sort of waist cinchy and yeah. impractical, not comfortable a lot of the time. Um, how did you get diagnosed with IBS? Um, so I actually um, first started to realize because IBS is, um, well, like you said, as well with a lot of other things, you're twice as likely to have IBS if you're a woman. Um, and I'd, I'd gone throughout all of uni, thank God, um, without any signs of IBS, because I don't think I would have, I would have coped on the diet or the drinking diet that I was on at university would have coped with that at all. At uni, our diets were pasta and yeah. VK Tropical. Yeah. The only thing I knew how to cook before I went to uni was um, a, a gammon steak. My dad really likes gammon. And so I'd seen him fry a lot of gammon steaks. So I used to have gammon steak with salad and salad cream. You're bougie as like <laughs> Every day. Maybe I was just setting myself up. Those three years at uni actually caused me to have a sensitive gut. Probably. Um, but yeah, it was, it was post uni and it actually very, very unfortunately, it, my, um, my boyfriend had, had been away for 10 months. Um, he was living in Australia while I then went on to do, uh, to went to drama school and he literally just come back. Like I think he'd only been back a few days and I have eggs, which is something I now cannot have at all. Okay. Like at all bless him it was another kind of scenario where i was making him watch something and we we were watching princess and the frog he'd not seen it and i i discovered it while he'd been away and i thought it might bring us back together so this is the first time he'd kind of seen me have these these cramps um and i was still getting <laughs> getting used to this and i my stomach bloated out like crazy I was sweating. It was horrendous. And so I asked him to pause it. And I think I was in the toilet for about 45 minutes, oh. but with nothing happening, by the way, that's the, actually the worst thing about cramps is that very, very rarely is my problem actually poo related. It's the fact that nothing will come out like, and your stomach has like bloated out like four or five sizes and you're just in agony. Um, and so that was the first time. And then he bless him came and knocked on the door and said that there'd been a problem with the princess and he so he paused it because he didn't really understand you mean you there's a problem with the princess no i'm not the prin the princess tiana oh sorry the princess from princess and the frog sorry, sorry. <laughs> tiana there's a problem with the princess is there a problem with the princess knock knock <laughs> so yeah so then that kind of kept happening it started to happen with bananas eggs, uh, broccoli, cabbage. I started kind of taking notes of what happened because a, a friend of mine had had um, IBS and so she told me to write a diary. And then I went to the doctor with that diary. I kind of went through that I was experiencing bloating, cramps, on the odd occasion, quite horrible diarrhea, all the really sexy things that come with IBS. Um, and that's when he asked me kind of keep up my diary, but it was pretty, pretty sure that I had IBS. So he kind of gave me a, an emergency um medication that i could use if it was really bad but not something to use day to day and i've only had to use that medication kind of maybe four or five times in, in my lifetime because it is only if it gets really really bad that you should use it it's very difficult because so many of the symptoms that you just just described could be uh, the result of 
so many things and yes and something like IBS is pretty hard to pin down and from what I I know do correct me if I'm, I'm wrong but IBS is sort of more of a blanket term it's not actually something specific um so IBS is a blanket term sort of cover many sort of conditions within the bowel and also because there's there's no cure for it or kind of any like real pinpoint as to why you might have it so they kind of I guess almost have to give it a blanket term because because they don't really necessarily have a way to help you or to fix it and people have it in such varying degrees that it's I guess it's better to kind of create a community <laughs> rather than have one specific thing that, that very few people might have. Uh, that. Yeah ab absolutely I think what you've just said is really important because sort of up until now my only real um, touch base of what IBS was you know in um uh, along came Polly with when yes. uh, the love character has, has IBS it's kind of portrayed in the sort of spiky food and but I, actually it can be I mean obviously I know it's a it is a comedy and it's going to be portrayed in a comedic way but a actually there are a lot of sort of quite serious and long-lasting things yeah well people don't talk about this stuff as well I mean that's you know when you came to me with with this wonderful idea for the podcast I thought is that something that you know people actually want to openly talk about and I've really found over the years that people that will talk to me about how I'm feeling or me yeah or me getting to talk to them it's been so helpful because there's such a stigma about it and especially as a woman you just don't want to feel like you're that disgusting girl. I mean you do I think you do get better talking about these things as you get older like you know when you're younger it is the most if you fart it is the oh. most humiliating thing. I actually, I, I farted once in assembly when I think I must have been about seven or eight. It was definitely at primary school. Mm. And I blamed it on a, on a poor boy because it, it wasn't great. Okay. And because I was so terrified about the repercussions that what was going to happen of me being like permanently picked on for farting. And so then every day we had like this little medical room at school where like you know like the matron lives or whatever they're called <laughs> like, and I used to go there pretty much every single day before assembly because I, I would say oh, I've got a headache or you know oh I think I've got a nosebleed or like anything that I could think of just to delay me going into assembly so that by the time I got to assembly I'd have to sit at the very back on the benches, not near anyone, just in case I farted again. I was so terrified. We have such a thing about it, don't we, about bowel movements, even though, like you said, everybody does it. There was a girl that my boyfriend went to university with. Yeah. Um, and she did a fart and she blamed it on my boyfriend and she was saying, <gasps> he did it, he did it. Um, but he didn't and everybody knew he was lying i don't know if she was notorious in the fart world but um everyone after that everyone called her thunderpants Thunderpants. <laughs> that's inventive i love that but it is obviously she didn't feel like she could say yeah look i've just done a fart well like and the things that i was being like scared of when i was little was like not being like an attractive girl like being you know like whether you're smelly or ugly or whatever and then being too outspoken because I thought guys didn't like that either so I really think I've, I've gotten over both of those um both of those fears in my life that I'm now quite smelly and outspoken about it I love that you're like oh should I talk about bowel movements so let's like I know we'll make a podcast and tell everyone <laughs> now everyone will know do you have a, a way of sort of saying sort of subtly saying oh I'm, I'm going to the, the toilet because my, my boyfriend and I have got a system in place oh, yeah. so we've got the toilet I'm going to the toilet that means you're just going to okay. the toilet 
or you're going to the toilet toilet. <sighs> like out out. Like out out. Do you have a system in place like that? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I guess it's more like just do a little wink. <laughs> it's kind of like unspoken, like <laughs> a physical gesture. Yeah, or I might be like, um, he puts me scum. Like, listen to a podcast. I'll I'll be right back. Like, yeah, I. <laughs> That's another thing, though. <sighs> who's who's responsible for the playing of the podcast because i would believe it's the person going to the toilet that should be playing the podcast (gasps) oh no i say it's the person outside no you're wrong you're wrong because if you're in the toilet you like it but for the person who's outside the toilet they are the one that doesn't want to hear what's going on inside the toilet so they should get to listen to whatever you know will distract them from what is going on close to them no I, no, I, I hear your, your point, but I think what bothers me, again, this is just going back to my sort of relationship issues. It reads to me like he doesn't care what I hear. So if I didn't play a podcast, I'd just make <laughs> noise. I just think, do you, not, do you not give a shit? Do you not fucking care what I can hear? Like, please just care. But does he not think that about you? Like, do you not care that I can hear you? Because like... I go in and play the podcast or a music or, or um, you know, the shower technique yeah the shower technique is good it's like when you're in at, at the toilet you kind of pray in a public toilet that somebody will um put the hand dryer on oh when when other women do that i'm like yes queen you're with me you're you've got integrity you've got dignity i mean this is why when you're in a in a one of those toilets where it's literally just a toilet and a door and then people queuing outside it's even more stressful if you're in a public place and that's what's going on, oh I can't bet. I, I have, I have a, a, a story. I don't know if you want to hear it now, but I do always about that. Um, I was at a, on my own at a Richard Dawkins talk at the South Bank Centre. Of course you were. Of course that's where you were. Again, women's toilets. The queue was like all in the, in the bathroom, coming out the door, down the stairs. It was ridiculous. And it was about five minutes before it started. I was really looking forward to this talk, but I had a very, very bad stomach due to factors. I think some sort of baguette incident. I was in the toilet. I knew there was a big old queue outside. I'd waited for ages to get in and I'd finally got, got in, but it was five minutes before the talk started. And I could see that the toilet was full. So it obviously hadn't been flushing correctly, but I had, to go to the toilet I sat on the toilet I was there for a while um and I tried to flush the toilet but it wouldn't budge and it had been bad and there was a huge queue and people were knocking on the door (gasps) knocking on the cubicle door and I just I literally I was like I either wait until the talk starts miss the talk just so I don't have to walk out um or I'm just gonna I just had to walk out so I opened the cubicle door and you know when people have been waiting for so long they're desperate so she just shot in the cubicle and closed the door before she obviously saw the fucking crime scene that that awaited her um so I, I i just sort of went straight and washed my hands quickly and just ran out and sat on my own at the back of the auditorium but the pressure knowing that people were waiting and then knocking i think the knocking was a bit aggressive i think knocking is so aggressive i i've heard people like discussing how long i'm taking i was having a really bad flare-up after we'd gone to this really nice um kind of afternoon tea for my boyfriend's mum's birthday and my stomach had bloated out so much and I kept going down to this toilet in this really nice place in Covent Garden 
but because like I was saying with me often it's actually that nothing happens but you just want to be on the safe side so I was going up and down up and down to this toilet nothing was happening and then we decided to go to this pub that was like a 20 minute walk away and I was like slowly fading away from consciousness <laughs> I was sweating I was going really bad I think um, my boyfriend's mum thought I was really hungover because you know people have that kind of like paste to their face and I was getting like that and then by the time we got to this place I like ran in and it was like this I mean the door was barely a door that is the it was, worst case setup oh god it was just horrendous and these girls I could hear these girls outside being like oh I think somebody said the phrase is she having a baby in there and I was like I wish probably be less painful <laughs> either way it's eight pounds <laughs> yeah like, at least something would come out if I was having a baby like it was just horrendous and then I ended up just pushing past them going out and like not even acknowledging the people I was with and just going straight out into the street. And I was on all fours, like in Waterloo, just like clutching my stomach, rolling around. Can I just say as well, thank you to the three different people that stopped on this street and asked if I wanted to come into their house. They were like, do you need to use my toilet? I was literally, I was so white, but with kind of a shade of yellow. I was sweating so much. My stomach had bloated out to God knows what. And I was literally just rolling around just to get some fresh air. I don't think I would be that nice if someone looked as bad as I did to welcome them into my home to use my facilities. Like, that's, that's nice. That is a Hufflepuff move. Like, I'm miserable and grumpy, but actually that sort of proves the opposite. It was really nice. But yeah, that did... I mean, it ended with my poor um, boyfriend's mum and her boyfriend kind of just slowly walking away, being like, we'll catch up soon. And my boyfriend put me in an Uber and me desperately trying not to throw up or shit myself in the Uber, which I can successfully say I did not. Thank you. Well, that, oh, that sounds like an absolutely terrible experience. What would, you, um, what would you recommend for anybody with IBS or somebody who's perhaps just been diagnosed with, with IBS? Um, what would you say to them? Do you have any tips? I think um, definitely keep a food diary at the beginning and like do it for a while. If you are in a position where you feel comfortable to to try things out, because it is kind of a trial and error, which sounds horrible, um, but that can be really helpful. Um, and also if you are kind of confident enough to talk to your friends about it just so they're in the know like my friends have been amazing with kind of putting me in cabs or getting me what I need straight away because they know that I have IBS whereas if I was desperately trying to you know like that day when I, I was with my boyfriend's parents I didn't massively want to say I think I'm having a flare-up and I you know I really need to go to the toilet whereas if I probably just said that to them it would have been a bit less awkward and they wouldn't have looked so confused as to why I kept running away every two seconds. So I think if, if you can talk to people about it, tell your nearest and dearest that you're going through this and then they can also watch what you're eating as well. And, and, you know, sometimes have to be that friend to tell you, no, don't get a coffee. Remember that last time. Like, I think, I think those are probably my, my top tips. Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. Now, this is the time of the show where we're going to listen to uh, stories. and They're called the Turd Tales. Um, the Turd Tales. The Turd Tales. We have Claudia's story uh, to begin with. And then we're going to read out some of the listeners' own uh, Turd Tales. This is like therapy, isn't it? Like once I share this with the world, maybe it will stop haunting me. 
So I've, I've written out my turd tale, like a little, little bedtime story to read to you all. This is called The Paris Pooh Story. A few years ago, I went on a little winter holiday to Paris with my sisters and two uncles. My uncles, who live quite the life of luxury, had very kindly put us up in an apartment that none of us would ever be able to afford in our lifetimes. And we honestly couldn't quite believe our luck. It was gorgeous. It was right above Tiffany's on this beautiful street surrounded by designer shops. And I'm not exaggerating this glamour to show off, but only to stress just how luxurious our surroundings were and just how out of place were the events that proceeded. So there were two separate bedrooms in our apartment, but my sisters and I decided to push the single bed down the hall next to the doubles so that the three of us could all sleep in one room, like how we used to when we were little. And my sisters were in the double bed and I was on the floor, which is something I will for the rest of my life be thankful that I opted for. So on our second night of the trip, my sisters and I decided to have a little girls night out and we let our uncles go back to their separate apartment while we went out looking for a bar. We tried to get into this jazz club, but we were reading the sign wrong and accidentally went in through the private member's door. But for some wonderful reason, the bouncer just smiled and let us in anyway. And maybe it was this lucky free pass or the swanky jazz music in this private lounge or the hilarious waitress that loved that we were British and all looked very similar. But we started to get a bit full of ourselves and we began to rack up a humongous bill on cocktails. We justified, we justified it by saying, when will we ever get this lucky again? Yes, we do all look like fucking Carrie Bradshaw tonight. So both my sisters went for Cosmopolitans and I picked this gin cocktail, which prompted this waitress to laugh every single time I ordered one and shout, oh, this one's a crazy bitch. And we thought this was hilarious. And we toasted to me being a crazy bitch. And we just kept on drinking. My sisters were going through their Cosmos at quite a pace, but my drink was seriously packing a punch so I did my best to keep up and I just kept downing them every time my waitress came back to prompt us for refills which made her laugh at me even more and the last thing I remember of that night was the waitress bringing us all including herself a round of tequila shots and screaming fucking Paris in my face with her arm around my drunken neck so the next morning my older sister woke up in bed and rolled over to my younger sister to complain of a bad smell in the room and accused her of doing farts in her sleep. After arguing who smelt it, dealt it, they both refused to take ownership. So my little sister peered over to the sofa bed to now blame me, the middle child, classic, only to find out that I wasn't in my bed. I was in fact nowhere in the room. But what was in my bed, as she described it, was a kind of unwanted Mr. Whippy shaped mess. My younger sister screamed saying, wake up, wake up, she shit the bed. My sisters ran around this luxurious apartment looking for me and found me still very drunk, stumbling around naked amongst the Picasso paintings, looking for toilet roll, which we were out of and hysterically crying. My big sister shouted, what the fuck is wrong with you? And threw my ridiculous self into the shower where I continued to cry and apologize. My little sister, who was extremely squeamish and desperate to get away, was sent out to get toilet roll. But as we were staying in this ridiculous apartment in the Mayfair of Paris, unless I was going to deposit the damage into a Louis Vuitton handbag, there was nothing she could have brought me back. So she returned half an hour later, empty-handed, to find me, still crying, 
but at least now clean and slightly calmer, having cleaned up the evidence with some designer napkins we'd found in the kitchen. <laughs> so my sisters half-heartedly soothed me while struggling to hold in their own hysterical laughter and begged me to FaceTime our parents so they could start telling everyone we knew that I had drunkenly pooped the bed. But then my little sister, looking very confused, said, it just doesn't make any sense. Once we'd practically carried you back from the bar, we took off all your clothes and put you into bed in just your pants, your white pants that are still at the bottom of your bed, completely unscathed. And then I remembered it. I remembered what I'd been dreaming about when the fatal accident occurred. I was back at my old high school on the stage in the main hall, taking part in a whole school pooing competition which I subsequently won. I must have pulled down my pants in my sleep whilst dreaming about my victory and those crazy bitch cocktails were so strong that I didn't wake up. This new information was enough to send my sisters into fits. They couldn't speak, they barely looked at me for the remainder of the trip except to make a fart noise every time I tried to talk to them and then kill themselves laughing all over again. While I would like to blame my IBS, which can become inflamed after excess alcohol and cause incontinence. I know I only have one person to blame, that fucking waitress. <laughs> oh, you are a crazy bitch. That is absolutely crazy bitch. wonderful. Thank you so much. And I, I, I do appreciate you talking about how alcohol can affect IBS, but I can. <laughs> Come on, of course it's going to affect IBS if you have nineteen crazy bitch cocktails. <laughs> I mean, just the thought of somebody wiping their bottom with designer sort of silk napkins. It was the only thing we could find. It was the only thing we could find. I also, you know, obviously was quite worried about telling this story, and then my little sister pointed out to me that she's told it to every single person she knows, and then my big sister pointed out to me that she's told it to every single person she knows, including all her colleagues. And I felt like it's doing the rounds anyway. You may as well let everybody know about it. Yeah, if you're the person telling it, it sort of feels a bit, a bit less like you're being taken advantage of. I was going to say I feel lighter, but that seems like a really bad pun. So I'm just going to leave that one there. Um, and I believe we've had some wonderful listeners who have sent us in their turd tales. Evie, what is our turd tale of the week? Oh, you're absolutely right, Claudia. We've had an absolute belter. This is our turd tale of the week. I was out with friends at a bar in Kingston, Barcadia, second best nightclub in Kingston in my opinion. They were doing a deal on vodka Red Bulls, which I took full advantage of. By about 1am, I was so hammered, I'd become a bit of a drunken capitalist pig and was trying <laughs> to sell the vodka Red Bulls back to my mates at a profit. <laughs> so they said it was probably time I went home. So I began trotting onwards to the bus stop and there wasn't one for ages and I decided I'd walk for a bit. That's when the shit hit the fan. I really started to need to take a dump. Obviously, all the Red Bull has done a number on my insides, and it was urgent. So I ducked into someone's front garden and tried to go in a bush. <laughs> anyway, jokes and shit very much on me as I proceeded to defecate all up my arm as I was trying to <laughs> pull my pants and jeans down. So arms, legs, jeans, and pants covered in feces, I began my depraved stagger home, occasionally resorting to crawling through drunkenness. <laughs> Desperation. Oh. <laughs> I just imagine them crawling along. <laughs> I phoned several friends I'd been with that night, just shouting, Help! down the phone at them. 
they rightfully ignored my tragic cries. I even stuck a shit-covered arm out as a bus drove past. It stopped, <laughs> but rightly refused to let me on. So I eventually got home after what felt like hours. I put all my clothes in a bag and I lobbed them over a fence at the back of my house onto the railway embankment. I had a shower and went to bed feeling mighty sorry for myself. Anon. I mean... I mean, that's amazing. The image of somebody crawling with shit on their arms. Can, can I ask you? Yeah. You're the bus driver. And I mean you... Evie, right. who knows about bowel conditions and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you stop? Would you let them on the bus? Of course not. <laughs> I saw somebody crawling along the road with shit down their arms, no jeans on, helping help. I'm going to assume I'm witnessing a crime scene or something. There's no solidarity here. I'm not getting on. Would you? Well, I don't know. I feel like everything we've just spoken about, I feel like I should be helping people. It's one rule for them. <laughs> Close the bus doors. So everyone, please feel free to talk about your bowel conditions, but don't even think about getting on my bus. <laughs> so if any of you listeners have any of your own turd tales, please do email us on thepoodcastofficial at gmail.com. Uh, we'll put the email address in the in the show notes. They will all, of course, be read out anonymously. And thank you so much, Claudia, to you for for sharing everything about um, IBS. And you know, absolutely, if any of you who have IBS and are listening, if you want to get in touch, do do email in. The next podcast episode is going to be uh, about uh, celiac disease and gluten tolerances. So I'm sure you're all sat on the edge of your seat for that. Edge of your toilet seat, you you might say. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.